Hello, and welcome to worship at House of Prayer. This weekend, the Christian Church celebrates the reign of Christ as King over all creation. When we speak of Christ as King, we are saying something beyond life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We really mean something more akin to oneness with God. Remember when Jesus taught his disciples in the Gospel of John, saying, I and the Father are one. That's in John 10, verses 30 through 34. The reign of Christ the King is our faithful celebration that this is true. The one who came from heaven, lived on earth, and now reigns from heaven, has redeemed all of creation. Together we live under the gentle rule and the absolute dominion with the one who has everything in common with God. That's a mouthful of theology, but also the deep peace of believing that all is well in heaven and on earth. We need that assurance. And we need the joy that follows, knowing we belong exactly where we are. And the celebration points to a future when the kingdom of Jesus will be established in all its fullness to the ends of the earth. This last Sunday of the church year leads us into Advent, when the church anticipates Christ's return and we prepare our hearts to receive the gifts of life, hope, justice, freedom, and peace. These are the signs and wonders of the reign of Christ the King. And so today, as we worship, we have these promises from God that all will be well, that Christ reigns over all things, and we are safe. Let's begin our worship. Today we are gathered in worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join me to pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you anointed your beloved Son to be priest and have dominion forever. Unite all the people of earth, now divided by the power of sin. Unite us all under the glorious and gentle rule of the reign of Jesus Christ the King, your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Holy Gospel for this day is recorded in the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. 
I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick and in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. This is the gospel of our Lord. The parable of the sheep and goats is the last of Jesus' teaching on what the kingdom of heaven is like. In the last five chapters of Matthew's gospel, Jesus narrates through parables how we can venture out into the mysterious ground of becoming like Christ in the world in which we live. We can be like Christ in serving our neighbor in need. Perhaps we haven't talked about the kingdom of heaven in quite so specific and simple language, but now after 37 Sundays, yes, it's actually been that long, 37 Sundays of listening to Matthew and studying Jesus' teaching, the vision of God's way and purpose should be much more clear and concise. We may have missed some of the details along the way. So to jog our memory, here are the high points. Matthew says the son of man, Jesus, has come to usher in a new kingdom, not of political kings and governments, but a kingdom of love and human relationship, which brings together two worlds, the world in which we live here on earth, and the kingdom of heaven, God's vision for humankind. Jesus uses parable and poetic language to stretch our imagination beyond what we can see in our day-to-day -day life. Story and parable reveal the holes in our thinking, especially about the nature of God and our response to our neighbor in need. These teachings describe how the followers of Jesus can change the outcome of everyday life for all people by practicing love, justice, kindness, and self-control, remaining faithful to God's leading 
rather than following earthly models that base the authority on man-made guidelines and social structures. Matthew makes the bold claim that Jesus came to free those who are persecuted, on the edge, or left out of the world's man-made guidelines and social structures. And finally, Jesus himself redefines for us who is our neighbor that we are to love and the true meaning of pending judgment. So it's at this point here where we pick up in the parable, the story of the sheeps and goats. Jesus is casting a vision to spark the imagination of a persecuted church. Those who are being pushed aside by established rules, laws, and customs. The parable presents a mystery, a mysterious kingdom, where the Son of Man presides with angels over the nations and will separate the sheep from the goats. Notice the ones being judged are not Jews, nor Jewish Christians specifically, but are referred to as the nations. This is a traditional biblical term for the Gentiles, those outside of the established in-crowd. The question that Matthew's Jesus reveals in this vision is not about the ethics of the church or a particular culture, or even of Jesus' disciples, but instead refers to the judgment in response to the least of these, who are the nations, the Gentiles. We can hear in the response of the righteous who will inherit the Father's kingdom and the unrighteous who will be cast out that neither group understands the Son of Man's judgment. They both ask, when did we see you naked, thirsty, and hungry? They are puzzled at what Jesus means. What he says is a mystery to them. What concerns this judgment is not the ethics, as we said before, not ethics of the faithful but how the Gentiles are to be judged. Those who would either respond positively or negatively to the little ones, the least of these, that make up Christ's community. The parable explains who are the blessed of the Father that will inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the earth. This vision answers our deepest faith question too. What will God do with all the others outside of our favored community, those who either persecute us or who we persecute? If you are part of that persecuted community, you might want to know that the Son of Man, the King, the Shepherd, has got your back. He's got the community's back. Now, and forevermore. Of course, this view is probably less pleasing to our ears. We may hope and even sometimes pray that our particular community may be the in crowd, the sheep in the parable, 
we may make the assumption, the assumption that we are the righteous. Or we may look the other direction and may give up, thinking we are the persecuted and it will always be that way. Both views would be an unfaithful interpretation of today's gospel. Matthew wants to make it quite clear that love of enemies is central to the teaching of, of Jesus and is specific to what Jesus is speaking about in this parable. The parable favors the persecuted community. That community is still called to love in line with the radical ethic of love. Whatever this end vision is, it is not about asserting that our persecutors will get theirs and that Christians will get to watch them suffer. There is no gospel evidence that that can be true. There is only mystery of how God will judge us in the end. In this parable, we are given a kind of looking forward judgment, a forward vision to see how the Son of Man, the King, the Shepherd, will respond to the nations. You see, judgment in biblical terms means that things will be set right, not one against the other. But all together will be made right. Here, it means even more than that. The community of faith is given a preview of what is to come. And in the process, now sees outsiders, the nations, in a totally different light. God will remember their suffering in persecution. God will also remember the kindness, the mercy, the love from those whom they might think are enemies. The church is called to love the least of these. You and I are called to love the least. No matter when they are from the nations, those people, or whether they're our own group. The question then becomes, what about us? What is our fate as God's people? We may or may not be persecuted, but we feel more than a little kick to the roadside in an earthly world undergoing profound change, undergoing a pandemic, undergoing systems and powers and principalities that push against our thinking. Matthew's vision of the sheep and the goats helps us to overcome at least some of our assumptions. What we learn is that in God's own mysterious way, others outside of our church, outside of our culture, outside of our people or language are not to be otherized, cast aside, but instead should be seen in the light of the demanding unconditional love of God, which extends, yes, even to others, even to our enemies. Sometimes when we take a look around, 
This world seems perilously close to having hardened hearts toward our neighbors. So could it be that an end-time vision of sheep and goats may be just what we need to soften us up as an old age ends and a new one dawns? The kingdom of heaven is near, Jesus says. In spite of the brokenness and persecution we experience in our daily lives, the Son of Man, Christ the King, mysteriously rules over all creation. His dominion will have no end. We are in good hands. Our neighbors are in good hands. The reign of Christ the King will come down in a final judgment. And what will that judgment be? All things for all people will be made right. That's the good news. Thanks be to God. Join me to pray. O oh God, our true life, to serve you is freedom, to know you is unending joy. We worship you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. Come now and abide in us, reign in us, and make this world into a fit habitation for your divine majesty. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Before we begin our prayers tonight, uh, we need to share with you that we've just learned of the death of Alice Wilson. We want to pass on our prayers to that family, the entire family. Let's offer special prayers for them now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of all mercy and the God of all consolation, who comforts us in all of our sorrows so that we may comfort others in their sorrow with the consolation we ourselves have received from God. All who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In her baptism, Alice Wilson was clothed with Christ. And in the day of Christ's coming, she will be clothed in glory. Let us pray. Almighty God, source of all mercy and giver of all comfort, graciously tend those who mourn, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And Lord God, into your hands, we commend your servant, Alice Wilson. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive her into the arms of your mercy and into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, into your glorious company of all the saints in light. Amen. Tonight we gather for prayer and we want to keep in mind those who need our prayers. Wayne Charlie has had surgery this past week and so we pray for his healing. 
There are those in the community who continue to suffer with COVID and all of those consequences. So we want to keep them in our prayers. And you have people you think about and care for. So we gather all of those prayers together. We join with all the people of God from every time and place who abide in God's mercy. Let us pray. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Give us the joy of your saving help again and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Give peace in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Keep the nations under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon the earth and your saving health among all of the nations. Help us to not forget the needy, the poor, those who have been taken away by injustice or death. Create in us a clean heart and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Hear our prayers, O God, and let our cry come before you as we pray for Wayne Charlie's healing, for those in our community who are suffering. We pray for the mission and its staff and their safety. We pray for the challenges that this community encounters, and we ask you to give us courage and strength and wisdom. Lord, hear us as we pray to you. Watch over us. We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, Christ the King, that you have graciously protected us this day and always. We ask you to forgive us all of our sins, where we have done wrong, and graciously to protect us through the night. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Thank you, gracious God, that you have taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, Almighty God, bless us, defend us from all evil and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Go in peace now to serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.